Welcome to episode 720 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right here, team, welcome along to episode 720 and John just, <laughs> Jesus, there's blue sky out there. I've had some shocking weather and all of a sudden it was beautiful blue skies when I biked up to Bevan's place, my view was looking directly out some windows and all of a sudden we've gone to whiteout conditions. We're in a snowstorm. We are indeed, how are you Bevan? It's not a snowstorm, it's just mist. Um, I'm bloody brilliant mate. That's a story. I still haven't had my hair cut. I still haven't had my lockdown haircut. it's starting to grow over my ears. You've got about really five kgs of gel in there. <laughs> I need it because <laughs> down. It is getting pretty ridiculous, yeah. uh, but I'm kind of, is it, yeah, I don't know, I can't be bothered. I'm just going with the happy look, John. Just Maybe lazy. the mully's coming back, mm. you know, out the side here. Yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I Talk is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. And you can go first. Paul the Hack Calder. I've got Philip the Black Jacket Killer Coat. And Brendan. Killer Coat, Killer Coat, that's a good name. Killer Coat. Brendan the Teacher. Shirley. Good work in this week's show. We've got news. We've got a hot topic of the week. Great hot topic of the week coming up. Uh, we've got age group of the week. No, there's no age group. Huh? Oh, you've got. Yes, some, I have. Yes, you have, actually. Yes, sorry, you have. Uh, pro. Have you done pro? I haven't done pro of the week. No, no, no. There's two coaches who've got. I'm not doing a high five. I'm doing a Bevan's Coach's Corner, and then John's yes. doing a Coach's Corner as well. So he's editing on the go here, team. <laughs> um, and then we've got questions and answers at the end. There's not much news. John has put here perhaps the quietest week since COVID kicked in. There really was nothing this week. Even last few weeks, we've had little tidbits. You know, there was like the Daytona announcement. Last week, we obviously Ironman, had the, yep, the Ironman 70.3. This week, next to nothing. However... The one PR release we got. It's one year till the Collins Cup. So, it's going to be awesome. And I think it's almost a good thing that I've got another year to get this sorted because uh, it was all going to be a little bit hasty, but it's looking good. So, just a reminder what the Collins Cup is. Three regions or teams, so a bit like the Ryder Cup. You've got the American team, you've got the European team, and you've got the world team. You'll have 12 athletes from each region, six males, six females, and you'll have them going in 12 head-to-head races. So, three males going against each other, uh, three females going against each other, and six of the, six of those across each gender. So, going to be a really different format of racing. There's a $2 million prize purse. It says prize purse, but it's not really a prize purse. It is more a perform uh, a appearance fee based on the ranking system. So if you're ranked number one going in, it's $125,000 to turn up and race. And if you are ranked number 18, uh, it's $20,000. Uh, so good money. All the pros are going to rock up. Uh, you would think... The only, probably one caveat to it might be a few of the ITU athletes uh, might skip it in terms of the likes of Alistair Brownlee and Javier Gomez. If they are still going to the Olympics next year, probably doesn't necessarily fit into their plans. Maybe it does. It's kind of May and they're going to be looking to peak. No, it probably doesn't. They're going to be peaking in what end of July. So I think we probably won't see them there. So Here's it's a question good. for you, John. How long have they got to make money? Because one thing we've seen in the history of the sport, going back to the fox catcher days, mm. uh, is that these rich people come in, they love the sport, they chuck a lot of money in it for about a period of time, and then they say, oh, this over here is a new distraction. <laughs> so yeah. they go somewhere else. So the Collins Cup, in theory, is that they are trying to build a business model that can sustain itself. What, how long do you think that they have? 
who knows, but I'd take a stab, maybe three or four years. Yeah. And we're in sort of going into year two for this. So that's just a random guess. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I just hope they get the business model. Yeah. It was interesting talking to the guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Who was the guy, the um, Super League guy? No, the uh, Formula One. Um, one of the Bray brothers. Yeah, that's right. One of the Bray brothers. And he was talking about, after the show, he was just talking to, maybe it was on the show or after the interview, he was just talking about, he'll be interested to see how Mecca goes because it's hard to get an international sponsor mm. that's global. And it's one of the biggest challenges they found when they went to America and how ultimately there was the real limiter and uh, the why the global kind of concept just didn't take off. Mm. And so it'll be interesting to see, like we've seen Super League, do well to a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we don't know much about the business model and what's happening behind the scenes, but it'll be interesting to see if Collins Cup can find that big money sponsor that ultimately will fund the long term. Because we, like, on paper, this is pretty exciting. It is, you know. And so what we want to we what we want to see is in ten years from now, it's it's a it's a fundamental part of the triathlon calendar and not just this race but kind of a series where we're seeing amazing racing that grows the global audience for triathlon you know what what runway do they have still haven't seen edition number one yet so this is the fourth try at it so fingers crossed it takes off in one year time okay john we have some racing happening over the weekend we had some racing on Ruby, so the Ironman Virtual Reality Challenge. Um, I thought they did a. I actually tried to watch a bit of it this week while I was on the trainer, but um, just had it off on the side. Uh, they are trying to, to make this as, you know, interactive as possible, um, and I think they, they they generally do a better job. This is Ironman compared to, to Zwift in terms of the the video coverage and the connection they have with the pro athletes that are racing. It's a very different format of racing compared to Zwift racing so for those who have never watched any of this before you know Zwift racing you might have 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people in a, in a race and it's a road race and it's and now of, the, of that many people how many people are competitive? Um, it's just depend, totally depend on the race so okay. the, the, the triathlete series they might have 25 starters, 30 starters, something like that. And no, they're all pretty good athletes. And they're, they're all pros. You've got yep. to be a pro to, to get in. The difference with the Ironman stuff is up till now, it's been four males, four females sort of going head to head. This week they had eight females uh, and eight males going head to head. No, they didn't. They had four. They did it over separate days previously. This time they did all eight on one day, which I thought was a was a good move. They've tried to innovate with a few things. Uh, they put in like these little watt bombs, so which means for 10 seconds the athlete has to go max effort and see what the maximum power to weight that they can produce. And was this to get a bonus? Or was it just well, I did was, you have to I, do it? You, you kind of did. Uh, it, I didn't actually watch it close enough to see what the reward was. Okay. And to do a little max effort like that in the middle of oh. a 40k time trial is is quite some challenge so and tactically when do you put it in yeah well no the the, the commentators say do it now oh okay now. and so i think the highest readings were around about 11 watts per kilogram which but then, is but then high. it'll be interesting how they manage it now obviously people watch it know this but if i go if i go low does it matter no, not really, unless it was a good bonus, and that's yeah. the part that I missed. So 11 watts per kilogram is pretty high, but it was in the middle of a 40k TT, so I'd imagine they'd be able to do significantly more than that. So uh, yeah, they're trying to make it more interesting. It's still a time trial, which isn't the most riveting thing to, to watch, but it is better than nothing. So Imogen Simons took out the females edition from Switzerland. She did 57.34, beating out Fenella Langridge by about 30 seconds. And on the men's side, you had Andy Butcherer take it out over Patrick Nielsen by nearly a minute, and close third was 
was Chris Leiferman. The other thing they did to try to make it a bit more interesting as well, they kind of had a, a composite teams. So um, one team was Simmons and Butcher, and they took it out, and so they paired up a male and a female. But there wasn't there was that was um, not a separate race. No, it was just like okay. pairing their times so, up so together. Didn't really matter. So it didn't really matter. Um, I've got to ask some of these pros if they're actually getting paid to do this. Hopefully they are. Um, because oh, maybe ask Mike. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go find out. It's good to see some racing carrying on, and the age groupers can participate as well in the virtual reality series. One thing that I did note that came out this week, um, the quote is, once again, we're trying to continue to take steps towards the creation of a future championship series, and an enhanced competitive race environment will be available for those who have a goal of competing with the Iron Man Virtual Reality number nine, Challenger Division. Athletes competing in the Challenger Division are required to complete their activities outdoors or on the Ruby Augmented Cycling Reality platform. So this weekend they've got a half Ironman distance. So yeah, for those that haven't really looked at this, um, the challenge over the weeks has been you do the distance and you can kind of do the run. It's a duathlon, you do the runs whenever you want. You split it up, spread it over the weekend. Okay. Uh, you can do it on any platform. You can ride all the way downhill if you want to. You can ride in a pack ride. You can do really whatever you want. Um, so it's good that they're trying to, for those that want to be competitive and try to make it a bit more fair, is they're now saying you've either got to do it outside or on the Ruby course and that kind of makes it uh, a lot fairer. Still not going to be perfect. And one of the things that really surprises me is um, from what I can see, there doesn't seem to be anybody who's really doing a proper duathlon format. They're saying... There's lots and lots of virtual racing, but they're kind of saying you can do it whenever you want and you can do the runs when you want. But I'd, I'd really like to see somebody go, right, we're going to do a race and it's going to be on this platform and it's going to be run, bike, run, and you've got to do it continuously. There's no brakes or anything like that. Hopefully we'll see some of that on the horizon. John, did they make a mistake by going with Ruby? Uh, no. No, but not, not because of the technology or the better experience, but the people are on Zwift. They are, but you know what I mean. And like, if, if anything, they're trying to connect with the audience. Now, I've only I've only watched one little thing on this, but it was when watched a race a couple of weeks ago. It was when the Kiwi boys raced and the Kiwi teams and the girls raced. Um, in that race, they had 140 people racing. If you mm-hmm. put it on Swift and you said all Ironman competitors can come on, anyone in our audience. Surely they get a lot more people racing. They would, but I think I think they've made the right decision actually with Ruby. It's real life. You can actually go and race the different courses if you're doing it in uh, Zwift. Yeah, but, but, but so my argument, I get it. You're saying it's better technology, but if we're looking for engagement of community, mm-hmm. surely Swift was a better choice. Yep. However, I'd still come back to if you're going to play the long game here. If they said to me, if they came up with a competition like this and it's fair for everybody, and you're all going to go on Ruby, then you just got to go pay your 7 or $8 a month if you want to be part of it. So Yeah, but that's like saying, oh, something's great, it's on Neon, jump off Netflix. No one does it. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's enough entitlement, uh, enough reason to do it. I oh, know, I just think when you look at the participation numbers, because they have opened it up to every on people. When I, was, when, mm. I, when I jumped on, A, I thought they got the timing wrong for New Zealand and Australia because it was like 4 mm. in the morning. B... There's 140 people racing. Mm. And you think, oh, that's not that great engagement. Mm. Whereas if it was on Swift, would have they had 1,000 people racing? I agree, but that's already happening on Swift. I think um, 
people are starting to switch over. I've seen a few athletes sort of switching over and, 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 and going on both the platforms. Inside. No, <laughs> no. I like Ruby. I'm, I'm just on Zwift. Oh, just no, no, I get it. But I'm, I just kind of think that it seems that what they're trying to do, and correctly so, is keep engagement up with their audience. Hmm. So to me, if you're trying to keep engagement up, you go where the audience is. You don't Zwift, try to may, get, Zwift may not have been interested. They've got so much going on. They may well not oh, have been they interested. Would, they would have taken it. Come on. Come on. I'm yeah. sure Ruvio, they probably tried to make some money out of Ruvio as mm. a part of it. Anyway, um, the this Pro week, Series. This weekend is a half iron distance race, so good luck to everybody who is doing that. There was also a Zwift Pro Tri-Series race. I didn't watch all of it. I just caught the, the last little bit. So often in these races, it does come down to a bit of a sprint finish, and this one in particular was on a sort of crit circuit, so it did come to a sprint, and it's good to see the uh, long course boys taking out the short course ones again. Jeez, John, we were, um, I've moved on. Okay, it was a good race. I only watched the, the last little few seconds. Okay. But that's bike racing for you. Often in bike racing, yeah, it's going to come down to the sprint finish. So. Even when you're racing, sitting yeah. in a pack, exactly. hope for the last 10 seconds. Exactly. Position but, and hope. But even then, you'd still think, well, maybe the short course guy is going to be a bit better. However, you've got the big, bigger, bigger guys can maybe yeah. produce a bit more power to weight over that finishing sprint. So good stuff. Interestingly, John, we've got, we're, we're desperate for news. So we've gone back to Ironman Lanzarote 2019 results. And Freddie Van Liet, who was just retired recently, took it out. It is. And the reason I'm doing this, I will keep doing this, is just reliving the results of whatever uh. race was on last weekend a year ago. Yep. So Lanzarote was supposed to be taking place last weekend. So it was, um, yeah, Freddie Van Leer took it out. He swam 50-25, rode a 5.01. That really is testament to what the Lanzarote course is like. Not fast at all. And uh, took the win on the run by running a 2.53 to come home. 8.51.16, five minutes ahead of Christian Kramer. And then on the female side, you had Nikki Bartlett, who swam 58, rode a 4.5. 38 and ran a 314 to just, just get under 10 hours get under 10 hours in 9.59.10 beating out Mayor Stage Nelson who was one of the athletes racing last weekend on Zwift Jeez, it's a slow race isn't it it is indeed people love it already it's a good honest race you get the wind it's a bit of an iconic race on it's the camera. one of the races that I would like to go and do you know if it's if I had a hit list of iron distance races um, that would be right up there I think I'd have Embram is probably my number one um, Ironman Nice would be right up there and Lanzarote would probably be right up there as well and Wales if I, I'd say that'd be my four that I'd like the to Red Rocket always says well, he always rates rails better than Rote mm. you know they just say it's an absolutely special Interesting race you see on last year's results also Andreas Rayleau was uh, still amongst it swam 49-13 oh, really? didn't register anything else so it looks like he led out of the swim or was yeah he led out of the swim and Ivan Rana was also another DNF he finished the bike and that was his Even when it was in the um, Olympic race we were talking about recently. He was. In 2008, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. I don't know uh, what happened to Emma Pallant. She uh, swam 55 and then rode a 706. Well, what about this one, John? Phil Graves. That's a name from the past. He was racing on Zwift at the weekend as well. I'm not quite sure how he finished up. But he, but he didn't have a very good race here because Phil Graves was the UK time trial champ. So he was an ex-cyclist. He rode 542 here. Either a mechanical or a complete explosion. Oh, well, it ran a 445, so I think explosion is probably the answer. I think you're probably right. Yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, okay, John, this week's discussion, didn't get a massive engagement on this one. It's probably not like the Hunger Games. But, <laughs> but anyway, would uh, who would you win? Who, who would, would win, win? Who would win Challenge Daytona if everyone turned up with ITU athletes and long course athletes? And let's have a look at what people came up with here, John. So first of all, Jordan Blanco's got... Not any particular order, but Reef, Duffy, 
Zaviris, Charles, uh, Lawrence, maybe Finlay too. And the boys, Brownlee, Fredino, Lewis, Louise, uh, Gomez, and Bloomingfield. Uh, Eamon Breen says, Jan, Eden, Blumenfeld, Brownlee, Ifit, and Vincent Louis. Who are chins? Got uh, f- not in order. Females would be Reef, Duffy, Lawrence, Spurig, and Fritzkson. Uh, and then we've got Tim Reed, Bloomingfield, Gomez, Fredino, and Brownlee. From Tim Reed's name that you wouldn't have necessarily picked, but he's he's, he's had some good races. 70.3 athlete. Yeah, he is. Um, but hasn't since the 70.3 Worlds in Australia. Don't know that he's performed that well at the World Championship level. Still winning lots of races. Yeah. Uh, did, you didn't just do Luke Gilmore, did you? No. Luke Gilmore, uh, he's got Blumenfeld, Brownlee, Frodo, Lionel, and Moller. So Moller has done a half Ironman, and Blumenfeld has as well. The one that I, name that I saw up there as well, Vincent Louie, I don't recall him having done a half Ironman. He may have done one somewhere, but I don't recall it. Uh, and Luke also had on the females, Reef, Lawrence, Zaverius, Learmonth, and Charles. I don't recall Katie Zaveris or uh, Jess Lemont for both ITU athletes having done a 70.3. Again, they might have done. I think they'd be very, very good because they're both hard asses. Uh, so they may well do do good. Uh, uh, Arnold's got uh, Simmons. She took out seven, the, the Ironman virtual reality at the weekend, so there why not? Uh, Zaveris, Reef, uh, Lawrence and Barclay. And then we've got Aiden. Who's Aiden? Gustav Eden, he won last year. He's okay, one of the Norwegians. Uh, Bloomerfield, Lewis, for, uh, Fredino, and Brownlee. Pretty pretty standard names, really, aren't we? Mostly. A couple, couple like Tim Reed, a couple out there that maybe aren't so much, but the names you're going to expect. Although, no one's saying bloody, um, who is it? Uh, Madman. Uh, X. Um. Lionel Sanders? Yeah, Sanders. Oh, he got one mention in there. Oh, did he? I think what a lot of people, and I would agree with that, is the non-swimmers yeah. are likely to get isolated in this particular race. That's what race. Jordan's got here. Jordan's got here. I would be concerned about Sanders and Keen Lee being too far back in the main swim pack to factor into this race, but we could be persuaded if there was a 20-metre draft zone, which I think there will be. I think there will be a 20-metre yeah. draft zone, and I, and I think it would be a different result if it was going to be another really hilly course, then you might see those guys come to the fore a bit more. I probably should have read my own question a bit closer because I only came up with the top three, but I had on the men's side Blumenfeld, Eden and Fredino, so two Norwegians and then uh, Fredino in third place, and then on the females I had uh, Duffy, Reef, and Paula Finlay, and if I had gone five deep I probably would have put Lucy Charles in there along with another uh, ITU athlete if they chose to sort of step up, and on the guys' side... Wait, so you, you haven't got um, Gomez? Gomez, I'd probably put in my top five if I went five deep. Um, so I'd probably have Gomez and maybe Brownlee fourth, Gomez fifth. Do you think Brownlee's like going to be all right by then? Oh, who knows with him. Yeah. So I wouldn't put him in my top five because he's a bit glass at the moment. Yeah, but he's still fit and he's still... Um, when was the last had, time Brownlee had a great race? South Africa, he, got, he, he blew up a bit, but he still got third. But that was a year or so ago. And what did he do... In that was, that, that, nice. was, that was September last year. No, that was a year before that even. Yeah. What did he do in Nice? Look, you check it out, Bevan. What did, I don't know. 70.3 results in Nice. Uh, so I think it'd be it'd be a totally different race if it was an individual time trial. I'd be, that's what, I'd be fascinated to see what would happen if it was... And I do wonder if it might be quite interesting viewing if it was an individual time trial. How do you make a time trial? Yeah, I, I, okay, time trials are boring to watch. They are. So the only way you could do it is if you use graphics. Yes. So you, you, what you do, here's how, okay, John, here's you never happen across the earth. What you do is you have the time trial happening and there's two screens. Yep. One screen is the actual time trial. 
mm-hmm. and you're kind of doing what you typically do when you're doing a time trial. The second screen is like Zwift, and what it's doing is each person starts, and you're watching them race each other on a Zwift. Well, it's you get what I mean. So yeah. like, so like, when they start at the end, once everyone started, it goes bang, and all the Zwift like it's a graphic of you, and all mm-hmm. racing. So you're watching a race within the race. Yeah, I, the kind of when they have Tour de France type time trials, again, it's it's a bit boring because there's usually only two people going head to head. But that's when you, if it's really close, it's pretty exciting because you do get little movements all over the way. So I do wonder if they did it properly with an individual time trial spread out, there'd be so much happening on the course uh, and little changes, and the athletes wouldn't necessarily know what's going on. Back in the I day, do wonder, it could be quite interesting. And the Super Leagues and, and Formula Ones and stuff, did they do time trial races? Not to my memory, no. Okay. John, I agree with you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you, there's kind of, it's, it's like anything. In any sport, there's kind of five names you're going to name out there. And unfortunately, the names are kind of similar across mm-hmm. the board. I probably wouldn't pick Brownlee. I just don't think there's enough evidence recently. If, if it was two or three years ago, mm. definitely. But I just think at the moment, I'm just not sure where his career is at. Mm. You know, it's just a bit unsure. But definitely you'd have Fredino, you'd... Um, yeah, the fact that you know the fact that the swimmers are probably going to get cut behind, because also if you're going to get this level of field, the pack's going to be pretty strong. It is even at 20 meters. Yeah, you know, so so for me, the strong swim bike runners are going to have a massive advantage. And it's also it's not Ironman distance, so it's mm. you know the bikers aren't going to get that whole 180 k to make make the gap. Uh, sure, they won't have as far behind in the swim, but I just think overall, really, the kind of the names you've named and everyone else named the names we're going to see. John, what are you thinking? You look deep in thought. I'm, I'm trying to find the 70.3 results from uh, from Nice. You go. tell us about this crappy topic we're going to. No, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to hurry up because uh, we're going deep into this one team. We're going deep. Okay. John's pretty excited. I can tell by the look of his eyes. So when they had Nice, they had uh, got they had a lot of participants. So I'm on uh, endurance-data.com. And what was this? Was it this 5, year? 000, Last year. Five thousand one hundred eighty-seven in the males race. Was this? Was this seventy point three? Seventy point three and two thousand two hundred and seventy five in the females race. Jeez! A bloody wonder they had congestion on the bike. Well, there you go. Here We've we ridden go. off Brownlee a little bit too early. He got second last year. We probably should have remembered that. But when was Nice? Nice was like uh, last June. So still no, not by, June. By sorry, late this August. year, he won Ironman Australia in seven fifty two or something last year. He did yeah. shit at Kona. Well, no, he didn't do shit. He was going quite well, and then he detonated. So we can't ride him. He got second at the 70.3 Worlds, and then he did a blitzing performance in Ironman Australia. So Ironman Western Australia. So he went 3.50, 3 hours 55. Gustav Eden did put uh, nearly three minutes into him on the run, but still finished second in what was a very competitive field. So Alistair Brownlee, you're back in there. You're in my number four. Okay, okay. 32. He's 32. Mm-hmm. Now, you always pick on Terenzo Bazzoni because you always say, yeah, but he's, he's an old 32. Yeah. What do you say about Brownlee? He's very old 32. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the wrinkles around his eyes. Yeah. He doesn't look like a kid without pubes anymore. Um, okay, John, this week's discussion. Now, before we get into the discussion, there's one thing John Newsom hates more than anything else. What is it? When you're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> that's, that's definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. What's another thing you hate? People that block supermarket oh, aisles. That's, that's true. No, one thing that John hates is if you put an E on the end of Newsom, isn't it? 
That's true. <laughs> that's oh that's God. spell my name. That's your week. name. Beaven. Beaven. <laughs> it's spelled my, my name is B E V A N. It's spelled B E A V A N. And I didn't put an apostrophe yeah, in there. So Beavens. Beaven. Be Evans. There we go. So sharpen up. Sharpen up. Okay. So last week I came up with a genius idea. <laughs> <laughs> And I've actually thought deeper and harder about it, John. People are going to post on this just to spite me, I think. <laughs> yeah. They will. So, so the concept is the Hunger Games for a triathlon. And what you have to do is you have to pick the triathlete who will represent you in the Hunger Games for a triathlon. Now, the key thing to remember about this, John, yes. is it's when they're at their peak. So if you pick Mark Allen, it was on his best day. Mm-hmm. You know, When would his peak be? Um, when would it have peaked been so what, what year was Iron was 89 wasn't it I'm just going to guess early 90s in terms of Iron distance short course would be slightly different but yeah early, he was early 90s okay. now we can, what we'll do is we'll do girl and guys because obviously it's you know it's a bit different but um, so uh, you're, you're picking one athlete to rip you, represent you in mm. the triathlon hunger games and what's the triathlon hunger games entail Starts from a book. Remember, did you, did you ever read um, uh, Stephen King's Batman, Batman's books? Negative. Oh, so Stephen King, he was really successful, but he was kind of curious, would he be successful if he didn't have his name? So mm-hmm. early on, this was a long time ago, he wrote the Bateman, Bateman books, Bateman books, that what it was. Uh, and one of them was called The Long Walk. And this is really quite fascinating because well before we had reality TV, because uh, he wrote The Running Man as well, I think. Right. You know, and But anyway, The Long Walk, the basic premise was... They got a kid from every country and they just start walking. Mm-hmm. And they just continue walking. And if you stop once, you get a warning. If you stop tw- twice, they kill you. Mm-hmm. And it's basically last man standing. And it, it's quite an interesting kind of book. So in the in the Triathlon Hunger Games, what happens? The, the, it's not going to be like the book. But basically, you have one athlete representing you. You can choose your, your athlete from any time in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. At their peak moment. Mm-hmm. The distance, I think, is a half. Do I keep doing a half? No, half, no, no, no. It's half. just a half. It's just a half. Right. So it's just a race. It's just a half. Yeah. The half's the right distance, isn't it? Well, it is. But if we're killing Hunger Games, isn't it you go till you drop? No, 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 no. Because okay. it's the winner. Right. You pick the winner. Mm-hmm. We could do, next week we could do the two the drop version because <laughs> it's going to be pretty popular. <laughs> so you, if they win, you live. Mm-hmm. If they don't win, you die. Mm-hmm. So what, you're, you're all, all everyone's sitting in a room? What did you call it? The firing squads? Yeah. <laughs> You're just going right. to watch people you, next to you kind of disappear. And then from there, but also, because like, does I know Santa's really care if I die? Is mm-hmm. he going to fight for me? Mm-hmm. The athletes would be caught, killed as well. So <laughs> basically what happens is once the winner crosses the line, guns come out. Yeah. They never don't even finish the race. Right. So this is the triathlon hunger game. So in this week's discussion, you have to pick for the males and the females race for the distance of a 70.3, the athlete in the peak of their condition mm. in ever of the history of sport now, they, they you peak of their condition but with today's technology. Mm-hmm. So, so it's all even Stevens. Yeah, so all even Stevens on the gear, you know, they could have trained using power. Mm-hmm. You know, who would you pick in the try? Some would almost argue this is one way of getting the goat out of John. <laughs> <laughs> Got so, my picks sorted already. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I want to know already. Mm. Girls and guys? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 70.3? Yeah. One's untested over that distance, but I think she'll do well. Okay, here we go. So, the Hunger Games for triathlon. It's this week's discussion. 
John. You're going to have to explain that in detail on Facebook because everybody's going to see on there first and then they're going to comment and they're going to go, what maybe, the maybe hell put, are you talking maybe about? Put, listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, John. Three, two, one. Each group, group of the week. week. Team, you're not doing your work and John's getting frustrated, aren't you? I am getting a bit frustrated here because we want some age groupers of the week. We had a season last year we want to, and we had a season at the start of this year in the Southern Hemisphere. We want to know some noteworthy performances by age groupers, people that you think just did awesome. Otherwise, we'll just have to keep doing what I'm going to do this week, and we're going to have a random random guest. Bevan, you need to give me an eight. This is Ironman Lanzarote last year because it was on this time last year. Okay. You need to give me, firstly, an age group. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say... Male or females, or just age group in general? We might do one of each. Okay. We've got a bit of time on our hands. Today. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say the young buggers, 20s, Twi- uh, early 20s. Okay, we'll go 20, 25s. Okay. 20, um, female, 20 to 25, and then you need to give me uh, give me a number between, say, one and five. Four. Four. One, two, three, four. Grace Terry took out the Ironman Lanzarote last year in the 25 to 29 age group. She swam a 106. She biked a 722 and ran a 439 for a 13 hours. So she took it out. No, she was fourth place. Oh, okay. What did the winner do? Winner did 11.28. So she did a dojo dojo domination. So it really shows young people, young females at least, of a high pedigree don't do the sport. And let's have a look in the males, 20 to 20. Which, hey, don't take away from these girls. Well done for getting an Ironman done. Yeah. Absolutely awesome, man. Let's be honest. You're, you're more than most people over their age. I'm more on Instagram than out training. <laughs> so, well done. On the boys' side, we had fourth place was Jordan Scully in from Great Britain. He did a 101 swim, 5.49 on the bike, and a 3.09 for a 10.05. And from memory, when we did our results earlier on for the pros, first place was in the females was 9.59. So he was just outside the first uh, female. So that's pretty good. What did the winner do? The winner, Haynes Walpit, he went 9.33, which is pretty pretty respectable. Because I think, was it... um, Steve Van Laird was... But one eight eight fifty three, so yeah. forty minutes behind the winner. That's pretty solid. That is very solid. This on Man Lanzarote last year. Age groupers of the week. Well done to our random selections. Let's hopefully have some from you guys next week. Now, do you want to do your stats thing? A few stats. Um, I think I might. Uh, what did I? St- you yeah. got a few stats here, John. I'm just okay. Hold on. Give me. Give me two seconds. We'll just one, go back. Two. <laughs> yeah, eight people who do that. On Man Lanzarote, t- twenty nineteen. I think I was. Which, that's, that's what I was going to do. I was going to do the, come on, statistics. Here we go. Oh. I mean, Lanzarote, uh, last year, only had 1,520 athletes entered. Compare that to the 70.3 yeah. world champs. 1,350 finishes. So nearly 200 didn't finish. And athletes gender, you had 1,392 males. That's 91.58% of the field. And 8.42% females. The finish rate was 88.8%. Biggest age groups were men's 40 to 44, 297, and then closely followed by the 40 to 45 to 49. Not surprising. It's big age groups for the 40s, 50s, 40s, and 50s. Interesting stats there, I tell you. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of content around this week. Well, John John gave me a text last night, desperate text. Have, have some music, have some music. Okay, have some music. That'll pad the show. Here we go. It's a 20-minute song. We'll put Beethoven's six. Here we go. 
Okay, so John, oh, Bivens Coaches, Coaches Corner. Corner. Because John's hit me a message last night, said I'm, I'm desperate for content. I, thought, I didn't. I was a bit lazy last week, didn't get my interviews lined up. I think I've got a few lined up for the next few weeks, so I thought, Bevan, hit us with something. And I, I said, I specifically said, Funny something, something entertaining, so let's see if this, this is, is entertaining. Not entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> this is deep and meaningful. Okay, John, so I'm going to go deep, because why not? So first of all, the first thing that, that this moment in time, this moment in time, what's been really interesting about this moment is it's one of the only times in our life where the whole world at the same time it's been affected by the same thing. Mm. You know, like you can say like your September 11, you know, it's pretty horrible, but it didn't really affect the Kiwi's life. No. You know, Christchurch earthquake was pretty horrible for us, but it didn't affect people overseas. COVID-19 is one of the only times where kind of everyone in the world has been mm. affected by this one thing. Um, and it's it kind of brings something up that I always find quite interesting. It, it brings up this moment where you go, this is really reinforcing behaviours I've made in my life, mm. or this is, makes me feel maybe I've made some really bad decisions in my life. And there's some examples that we can look at this in. Like, so for example, finances. If you've been really crap with money in your life, this moment's a pretty scary moment for you because if you're looking for a job in security, like just, in New Zealand's just laid off 4,000 more people, you know, it's a pretty insecure time. If you've got no money in your savings, like statistically, most people like in America can't last more than two weeks without mm-hmm. income. And I'm not picking on America here because I think New Zealand is very similar in that way. Many people around the world have poor financial decisions. Korea, if you're someone who hasn't looked after your career, like my daughters are, I'm really proud of my daughter. My daughter's doing like a dentist assistant apprenticeship kind of thing, but she's also works at a bar. And when in Australia, she's in Ken's, when the bar basically had to close, they kept one job for the bottle store and they gave it to my daughter because she was the mm. best worker if you're the shit worker guess who's getting out the door first right now mm. you know guess who's keeping their job it's someone who's actually worked hard in their career if you haven't looked after your health and fitness you know right now do you want to get sick do you want to get COVID you know mm. and so this moment here can be a really reinforcing moment because if you have looked after your fitness if you have been looked after your career if you've looked after your relationships and so on this moment actually is like okay well I'm glad I've been the person that I've been when we think about this moment right now, it, it, it's quite a revealing moment. And so, so for some people who are listening right now, they'll be giving themselves a pat on the back. Going, Bev, that's me. I've looked after my finances and so on. Some people are going, shit, you know, I am that person who is two weeks and I'm in a bit of trouble with my wages. Mm-hmm. So what this helps us to do, is it helps us to really realize where we need to work on in our life. Because if, we, if this moment exposes where we have re- our poor decisions in the past, it, exposes weakness in us we also need to think about the cost of this because if the cost is you've acted poorly at work well the cost is you've probably lost your job right now or you're not feeling very secure about your future right now because you know deep down you are that person to leave and then I always love to go in the cost on top of the cost so if the cost is insecurity right now about your career what's the long-term cost well the long-term cost is you may actually lose your job or if it's health if the the cost is you know you're worried about getting sick what's the long-term cost of your behaviors if you are just acting really poorly around your health and fitness. So once we've done that, then we've got to kind of say, well, this moment here ultimately needs to be a moment that you need to look in the mirror and not let this happen again in the future. Because while this moment, COVID-19, is in a moment where all of us are affected by the same thing, Hmm. this is life. You know, Christchurch, we've had earthquakes, we've had the mosque shootings, we've had covid we have these things. Everybody in their life has these moments where your life gets thrown upside down. And 
what you don't want to happen is the next time, it won't be a COVID because COVID is such a global thing, but the next time a moment like this happens in your life, you don't want to wake up and go, I didn't use that opportunity to change myself. And I want to give you a really good example. I work with this girl who has a high, earn, she's very successful in her career, earns a lot of money, but was absolutely crap with money and had massive debt, mm. like huge debt, and like had no savings at all, had no assets at all, no like didn't own a car. It was just a typical example of someone who's really poorly managed your money. And when we started working together, and she was kind of getting me to coach her in more than just finances, but I kind of think that's an important part, so I got her on it. And she financially has changed her life and bought a house recently and did it, you know, in a really wise way, had cash savings. And she wrote me an email a couple of days ago saying, um, I've just bought myself a heat pump, paid for it cash, had the money saved. In this moment, I'm just really proud of my behaviours because this could have been a really scary time for me. And ultimately, if when I ask those questions around where are you weak, if if you reflect and go, you know what, here are a couple areas. If you wake up next time when something in your life like this happens and you're in the same place, you can only blame yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you really can. Because like, let's be honest, finances ain't, ain't rocket science. Mm-hmm. You know, do some budgeting, get some planning, you know, that, health and fitness ain't rocket science. You know, good relationships aren't rocket science. You can learn how to develop these sides of yourself. So ultimately, we what I don't want this moment to be is a moment where you just go, okay, and then when life gets back to normal, you just go back to your habits. It's an opportunity to develop yourself. And this moment just makes it really obvious and really revealing about how you, where you should do that. So then if that's the case, and you don't want to wake up next time in the same place, the most important thing for you to understand is that we can all change. You know, my client's a good example of that, but all of us at moments in our life have changed our life for the better. And so what we need to understand is that don't accept, like I hate it when people say, oh, but I'm shit at money. <laughs> well, yeah. no, you, what you're saying there is I'm not willing to do the work to be good at money. Yeah. Like I, I, when I do a public talk of speaking, I have this thing I call premature problems and it's basically kind of to help people be aware um, to get the most out of the education. I remember one time I did a talk and a guy came up to me and after talking said to me, you don't have kids, do you? (laughs) And what he was saying was, everything I've just told him for last year, he was sitting there going, I can't do this Mm. because I have kids and you don't understand my life. And Mm. I turned around and said, well, actually I have a teenager right now and and I bring her up, you know. But people say, I can't be this thing. And as long as you accept that in your life, you will never change. And so the next moment, when if you say, I'm shit with money, well, what you're really saying is I'm not willing to change my behaviours around money. And so in these areas where you are identifying that you need to actually work on, you need to shift your mindset around that. And that's where you want to go from that fixed mindset that Carol Dweck talks about to being a growth mindset. Don't say I'm shit at money. Say I'm grade one at money. Mm-hmm. So I love in the areas where we've limited ourselves around our thinking and had that fixed mindset, I'm just not good at this. So I'm shit at money. I can't run. Um, I'm not a very good communicator in a relationship. You know, I'm stubborn. Instead of saying that, saying put it in a grading system. So right now with money, I'm a grade one. A grade 10 is someone who's really financially savvy, got good investments, can look after themselves financially. Grade one is someone who's got no idea. Okay, so right now I'm grade one. What is grade two? So that what that opens you up to is the idea that you can develop yourself on that pathway. Then what you want to do is you want to create a plan. And so first of all, I think the best thing we can do in self-development is to get a mentor in that area. You know, like we think about John as a triathlon coach. If you want to achieve a goal, in triathlon, investing in someone like John is a really good move because he's going to help you learn lessons you need to learn, overcome hurdles that you don't even see in front of you and help you guide you over those hurdles. So 
um, you know, getting a mentor, in the, especially if you have a fixed mindset. If you think I'm shit at money, mm. getting a mentor who can guide you around the lessons that you need to learn are really important. You need to educate yourself in the area. You need to read books. You need to listen to your mentor. You need to do courses. You need to invest in your time and your resource into allowing yourself to get a greater understanding around it. Because to be honest, I'm, I'm good with money. And to be honest, when you work in fitness, you don't earn a lot of money. There's no money in fitness. But I've always budgeted. I've always saved money each week. And I've invested wisely in my time. And so in this moment, I'm one of those people who goes, thank God I've had mm. these behaviors. Not... Like most people in my industry right now are going, how maybe I have to look into other careers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, educate yourself in this area in your life because there's always somebody who's improved from your level to levels that are really high because they've educated themselves. Then what you need to do, once you've got your mentor, your education in place, you need to plan and commit effort because effort is what creates change you know a lot of people can have a plan but it's unless you get out the door you go for that run or you do the budgeting or if you have you know you practice communication skills in a relationship unless you actually put the time and energy and effort into doing the work you will just wake up in the same place and it's that thing that often what happens in this moment is we get in this place and we go oh when I get back to life I'm going to put the effort in (laughs) And then you get back to life and you don't. And that's why when you wake up the next time, it's like, I didn't actually change. And so you have to understand that to create change, the fundamental thing is you have to put the effort in. What you need to also reinforce is that if you put the effort in, you're a bit like my client. Because my client was that person who just said, I'm shit with money and had so much stress in her life because she was poor with money and also got a little bit trapped in her life because she was a bit bad with money. Now... You can see when, like, she sent me this email, and it was just an email that represented pride in herself. She was proud of herself because she had overcome something in her life. And in this moment where it could have been exposed, it was a really reinforcing thing about her personality. And what's also cool for her, because she's someone who's also trying to lose weight, is it's taught her that I can shift in another area of my life. So it opens her up to possibility of change in other areas of her life, which is so, so important. So, what you'll experience if you do this work is that the next time when a life event happens, you'll be that person who gets to reinforce good sides of yourself and, and actually becomes a positive experience that builds esteem in yourself, which is ultimately what we want from these times. So so quickly, just to recap, this time is crap, but it's a time that does expose weakness in ourselves. You can choose to stay on the same path and ultimately end up in the same place in the future, if not a worse place. Or you can choose to use this as an opportunity to learn and develop yourself. If you are a fixed mindset person, look at that grading system and then develop a plan where you use mentoring, education, planning, commitment with time and resource and effort to do the work so that you will wake up in the future. And if something like this happens again, because it will, because life happens to all of us, you'll be in a much better place. It will be an esteem building place, which will make your life better. So that's Bevan's Coach's Corner. There you go. A lot of you guys at the moment have possibly got a little bit more time on your hands, you know, yeah. the, the, the pace of life. I know for us, we're coming out of sort of lockdown now, but I had a bit more time on my hands to do things. Um, I te- tended to funnel that more into the, the family and kids mm. um, rather than some of necessarily some of this stuff. But if you've got a little bit of extra time on your hands, this is where you can actually be working well, on Well, like it. one area that a lot of athletes suck at is relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, a lot of people just think they're bad at relationships or their partner's the problem. You know, if you want to pick, go read John Godman. John Godman, I've talked about him on the show in the past. He's genius. And he gives you skills that can improve your relationship. You know, like it's good relationships aren't a fluke. You know, good relationships are someone, something that people put effort into. And so it's like, 
we we can all improve and we can all make our lives better and it's like the problem is right now like if you're losing your job because you have been that sick person your life sucks and i mm. feel for you but it doesn't have to be like that in the future mm. so that's bevan's coach's corner Onto a more, this isn't so much of a coach's corner, it's more of just a bit well, of a coach's, coach's corner, corner slash educational segment. Okay, here we go. Um, Everesting. Everesting. Are you going to do it? I'm contemplating doing it. <laughs> He's on the border. I'm on the border. And so I know I had a few people going, well, what the hell do you do with Everesting? So I thought I'd do a little segment on what is Everesting because it is a little bit to it if you want to do it correctly. First thing, make sure your technology is right. Yes, make sure that your your bike computer is fully charged. So there's a really good uh, website called Everesting.cc, and that's pretty much got everything you need to know in there. So I'll give you guys a little summary. Whoa, John, people run it. Yes, people do all sorts of crazy things. So some people Everest, and they'll carry on to 10,000 metres, or they'll just do silly stuff. Okay, wait a second. So I know you're going to go into this, but okay, I'm going to figure out the record for the run. Okay, well, I think the record for the bike literally got broken at the weekend, which was the guy Phil Gomon or something like that. Uh, and I think it took him seven hours, and it was either seven hours 40 or seven hours 20 minutes, which is insanely fast. So the, the um, essence of Everesting is you are biking or running if you so choose uh, up Mount Everest. So you need to accumulate 8,848 meters of elevation some of the key rules um, and, and really it's not supposed to be easy and sometimes whenever you see these challenges you think how can I make it a bit easier for myself yeah it's not supposed to be easy and they try to really spell that out um, a couple of the key things it's got to be the same climb every time you can't go yeah, so that means you're going oh, up and down okay. the same road you can't do loops you can't do figures of eight um, you can but it's not in the, the spirit of the it. spirit of this um, you can't go up a hill down the other side turn around and come back over it is literally one climb, you can de- you know, designate the climb and it is up and down that climb uh, as many times as required to get 8,848 metres of elevation. One thing that they do say on the start, uh, website is if you have a the climb you choose has a little bit of a flat section or a little bit of an uphill on the way down, uh, so a little bit of up and down, then that still can count in your 8,848 metres. It needs to be one single activity, so you can't go, oh, I'll do half of it on Saturday, then I'll do the other half on Sunday just to get the accumulation, one activity. Okay. You can't have any break. Oh, you, you know, you can have breaks. <laughs> but is there a time limit on breaks? No, no. You, uh, you just you can take breaks. Um, you so can't you have, have an hour sleep, off. You, yeah, you can't have sleep breaks. That's okay. one of the things. So you can have a break. You can have a shower. You can have some lunch. Um, but at the end of the day, when you do these, just when get you it done. It just get it drags done. it on. Uh, so breaks are okay, sleeping breaks are not. You need to do full repetitions. So if you choose a hill, for example, say it's two kilometres long, you can't go, right, I'm going to do a one. Each time I'll go do a full rep, and then on the next one I'll do a half, and then I'll do a full, and then I'll do a half. You've got to do full reps every, every time until you get the distance. Um, a number of people are now doing Everesting on, in the virtual world on... Um, different platforms according to everesting.cc it needs to be done on Zwift you need to have your trainer set at 100% resistance or the platform set at 100% resistance so uh, and no erg mode if you do it at 50% then it makes the climb easier and you're not looking for the easy solutions here Uh, it's really important when you're on Zwift to have your weight put in so the load will be correct and this was a good comment that I copied and pasted if in doubt don't look 
some to someone else who you think got off easier. Think what you can do to make your own effort harder. So in theory, when you're doing it on Zwift, and they, they have actually said on the website that this is okay, you can actually get off your bike when you're on Alp to Zwift uh, or any of the climbs when you're descending and your, your avatar is still going to keep moving. So you can essentially do the climb and let's say you're doing Alp to Zwift, might take get you an hour, an hour, an hour, 10, hour, 15, whatever. And then on the way down, it takes about 10 minutes to get down. Uh, then you can get off, have a stretch, refill the bottles. Uh, and for that reason along with several other reasons, I think doing an indoor um, Everest, Everest is, is easier when you've got all your food, oh, you've got course. your toilet, that be, and you've got entertainment. That being said, you are sitting on a stationary bike. So there's a few yeah, pros Yeah, but the bumpiness cons. of going downhill all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I'm speaking from somebody who has done neither, but I think a Zwifting Everest would be easier. Uh, in terms of the planning, there's a lot that needs to go into this, and I have been looking into it over the last little period. Uh, so it's going to be a really big day. So first thing is selecting your hill, and you need to take this very seriously, <laughs> trying to figure it's out. It's almost a key, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're fortunate in Christchurch, where we live, we've got quite a few different hill options. So firstly, you need to think about the gradient of the climb. So it's a bit like... Um, uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You know, you don't want it's, it was too hot. Here we go. It was Here too cold. It was just right. Just right. It's a bit like this with the gradient. Here we go. You should you should beat it. <laughs> Not too steep, or you'll struggle late in the ride. Not too shallow, otherwise the distance is going to be be too huge. You want something just right in the middle. So to give you an example, we've got a climb that's literally just below Bevan's house. It's called Hackthorne Road. The first section of it is 1.4 kilometres long. So is that to the cup? Yep, and that's 8.4% uh, average gradient, so it's pretty decent. It has got a little flat section, so most of the grade is probably... It's actually not a bad one, because eh? you kind of go up, bit of a roll out, mm. although those last little bends are... And so to do to do uh, an Everest attempt on Hackthorn Road, you need to do 73.2 reps, and the total distance for that would be 205 kilometres. Uh, if I was to do this, uh, ballpark, it would take me around about 12 hours to complete. That's going up and down, not having breaks or anything like that. I'd come that. and give you a few pets on the back. Good, good, yep. cool. And that's when I've assumed that I'd be operating at around about 3 watts per kilogram, so for some people that will means something, others it won't, but it's not particularly hard, it's lower than Ironman effort, because obviously you've got to keep going for, for 12 hours. If I compare this to another climb, so just to um, clarify, that first climb was 1.4 kilometres at 8.4%, we have another climb called Gibby's Pass, um, which is 1.93 kilometres at 7%, so longer, but uh, and not as steep. To complete that would require 67 reps and I'd have to ride 258 kilometres. So it's an extra 53 kilometres to do the distance. So it's going to take quite a bit longer. The climb's going to be a bit easier, but it's going to take uh, take a longer duration. To and get also, you'd argue it's a faster downhill as well. Although it goes up higher, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and if you wanted to do it on Alpe de Zwift, which is the Zwift version of Alpe d'Huez, you need to do eight and a half reps uh, of that. Each of those are going to take you, if you're a really good climber, under an hour. Most others probably anywhere between an hour to an hour and a half. And then if you're going to do it on other platforms or if you're going to do it on other climbs in Zwift, you need to do like 20 to 22 times the epic KOM or Innsbruck. So 
it's a long time out there. Uh, if you're going to do it outside or inside, you need to have a really good think about nutrition. We know what a big role nutrition plays with iron distance racing. Likewise, when you're doing you know, an effort that's going to take 12 to 14 hours or even longer, uh, you need to have a good think about that. Weather, this is one of the considerations I've got to factor in if I want to do it um, anytime soon. You know, We're going into winter, daylight's going to be a real issue. Um, you think about if you're in the in the northern hemisphere and you want to do this thinking about how hot it might get uh, especially if you're going to do an indoor attempt you're going to need some serious fan action going on uh, wind you know it's very advantageous to be doing a climb when you've got a tailwind but is that in the spirit of what you're doing just waiting for that day when you've got a tailwind up your climb uh, thinking about traffic toilets Pacing, as I said earlier, um, I don't think I'd be going more than three watts per kilogram. Um, and whilst it would be great to have some company, um, you do have to be really careful that your company is going to be going at the appropriate effort. And that what about you're drafting? Doing. You wouldn't want that because it's kind of against the spirit, isn't it? Well, uphill drafting. I know, I get it, but there is kind of something about someone pulling you through. So, so my advice would be if you're going to have company, generally tell them to ride um, half wheel behind you or ride behind you and offer there so yeah. you can set it settles your pace. I help at the end. Yeah. So again, um, I haven't done any, haven't done either of these, contemplating doing it, not putting a cast iron guarantee that I'm going to do it. Uh, well, at some stage, it's just... What's the effect on the body after the feet? Um, you'd be pretty buggered, obviously, but I'm just wondering, well, riding up and down a hill. For you'd have to be careful with your with your back, knees to not over. Back. But I've, I've, you know, let, let's say this is going to take me 12 to 13 hours or whatever it's going to take. I've ridden that that duration a couple of times, and yeah, you're pretty stuffed afterwards. But it's not career ending or anything mm. like that. So you just need. To, but you want to go into it fit. Oh, absolutely. You need to do some build ups, yeah. uh, and you need to do plenty of hill work going in. So good luck to anybody who's giving it a crack. I know a lot of people are considering it, myself included. Okay, John. Um, so you've been, oh, wait a second. I, I thought that was phenomenal, but I got it wrong. <laughs> there you go. Go, go, get, okay, go no, get stuck okay, into the okay, Everest. So, okay, here we go. So what do you reckon the run record will be? How long do you reckon take the one run record? Uh, 10 hours. No, 12. 12. So Joseph Dorf, from, uh, he did it in Australia. He did Mystic Emily Spur in Australia in this year. He's just done it recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did 12 hours. He ended up running 68 Ks. Uh, yep, so it's, it's a pretty impressive time. Uh, but in the bike record, John, it, it is fast. It is easier on Swift. So if you look at the bike record, currently in Zwift, it's Sean Vinton. He did it last year, and he did 5 hours 57 for 134 Ks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did uh, Timo 2 right. province on Zwift. How long did you say his distance was? 134 K. It doesn't seem possible. Well, it's on, anyway. the, it's on the site. Okay. Yeah. And they're pretty thorough about checking these things, aren't they? So he did it in 5 hours 57 minutes, and he did do the whole elevation of 8848. Uh, and then if you go down to non-Swift, so... There's basically the top four times are Swift times, and then the fastest time is by Keegan Swenson, and he did it in Pine Canyon in Utah, and he did seven hours 40, and he did 170 Ks. I'm pretty sure that record's just yeah, been broken yeah. at the weekend. Yeah, it was 15th of the 5th, so mm. um, so that's, that's, yeah, so Swift is definitely easier, because mm. basically, the guy who's the fastest on Swift did an hour 40 faster. Mm. And covered a lot less distance. He basically did forty k's less. I don't understand how that's possible, but anyway, haven't looked into it. Maybe it is just you getting off your bike. Mm. You still accumulate the distance, so when you're going down the hill. Anyway, I'm not quite sure how far it is. But it's not the distance, isn't it? It's the uphill that only gets measured, really. Anyhow, 
Good luck if you want to go do some Zwifting. Imagine running it. That would be tough. That would be... The downhill would be as hard. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? But I suppose... Because you're not getting the recovery. If I was to do a running one, would you go... Again, you'd have to have a... I haven't thought this through at all. Would you go for a really long climb or would you do a shorter climb? Not quite sure. I think you'd almost go bottom of the hill up to Kiwi. Because mm. you've got Harry L, which isn't so steep. That mean that cranks your distance. That's a yeah, problem. Yeah, that's it's true. It off. cranks your distance. Maybe you go Harry L to Taki. Maybe. Oh, no, sorry. Bottom of the hill to Taki. Mm-hmm. Well, all the international listeners are loving this. They are. That, that's a good, honest run. It is. Oh, jeez. I'll tell you one thing, John. don't think this body's even going to end up running. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John. Let's do Winger of the Week. Winger of the Week. I'm going to say the number... I did not make the top 100 this week. 61. 61. Cy Gearing. He did uh, He did 15 hours and 5 minutes of training of 14 activities, 11 hours 56 on the bike, and 3 hours and 8 minutes on the running from GBR, from Spaldwick in England. And in the last four weeks has done... 50 activities, so <clears throat> Sai had a little bit of a quiet period through November, December, <laughs> January, February, not registering any training whatsoever. <laughs> oh, really? And he thought, wake, so, up, wake up in 2019, guys, I'm that big in. He just did a little ramp up in, in March and then went ballistic in April <laughs> and has sort of carried that on into to May. So he, uh, over the last little period, averaging 346 kilometers um per week on the bike uh, average time 12 hours and 11 minutes so he's doing well it's, it's biggest a, ride here we go 358.9 kilometers Whoa. wowzers that's solid that is solid it's got one more ride than me i'm going to get on my bike no he's gonna to have to get on his bike one more time he's done 1207 Rides, I've done 1,208. Yeah, in your face. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> in your face. Although he averages a lot more than me. He's got near less than half the distance for the same number of rides. Oh, there you go. Okay, John, questions and answers. answers. We just got here from a doctor. Who's the doctor? Oh, we, uh, somebody just sent this through. Uh, he sort of had his time in the sport and moved on. And he's doctor, and he just said in a, at the end of an email, P.S., message for your listeners, when you get sick, back off. That's what screwed my heart up trying to win a half marathon when I had a cold. So whether it's not, not COVID, but just general sickness, if you go and train hard when you're sick, really not a sensible So what's idea. the recommendation, but? Can you train? Oh, you can train, but you can't go hard. So keep away from so intensity. racing when you've got like chest infections, you're, you're going to do some long-term health problems. So just if you're sick, suck it up, tick over with some easy training, wait till you're handy before you it's get back into moment, it. It's isn't it? Because like, like no, I mean, it's a bit different because you're probably not going to max out. Mm. But if you're, like it's just going to be really, because one of the messages we're getting in New Zealand, we're, we're, New Zealand again, we've talked about this, we're in a really good place. Life's pretty much getting back to normal now, isn't it? But... um. One thing they're saying, if you get even a bloody sniffle, you do not go to work. Mm. You know, like, just don't even think about going to work in this next period of time. And they're saying how a lot of people, traditionally Kiwis is, you should be right attitude, and mm-hmm. you kind of, if anything, it's, you, you work through your cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're saying a lot of people are going to use a lot more sick days. But it's a bit like that with racing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're sick, now admittedly, if you're in deathbed, it's a bit different, or, or if, you know, you really kind of just can't get out of bed. But a lot of us are race sick. 
Yeah, if it's your if it's your big A if, race, yeah, for if you're racing, you know, seventy point three or a sprint that's yeah. really important, you've trained like a beast. No, I'm here. I'm hearing you. It's not an easy decision. So no. it's probably more around training. Racing is not sensible when you're sick, full stop. But it's when you're training that's when people often push through and they shouldn't. So just back off when you're sick. Okay, John, let's do the pictures. We've got John Michael uh, Dirksen. He's got a bit of a fan over from California. I love California. Mm-hmm. I love it. Such a great state. Um, our traffic is pretty tragic, and I'm in sales, so there's a bit of time in the car each week. The good news is that I have plenty of time to keep up with the podcast, uh, which I value enough that I'm becoming a patron. Um, after decades of events, from sprints to marathons to 7.3s, I finally completed my full first Ironman and Ironman Cosmo 2018 at the age of 50. This was my get sober and stop crying about getting old goal. That's that's a good. That's a nice. good kind of way approach isn't it get over it get doing it uh never sure if i was going to be a one and done guy i hit uh the bug hit hard last year my coach a quick shout out to robbie bruce and the crushing squad uh, iron squad had me focus on building my base this year it's iron man arizona i can say that the first time i did an iron man but since then i've become one that's a good way of putting it next week will be my third year sober and my blood work is back to normal i feel like a phoenix rising so now the question is 2021 will it be iron man california in sacramento which is an hour away from my house got to do it that one right but after that i'm looking australia or new zealand as the local boys i'd value the impression of their differences first of all well done on giving up the terps mm-hmm. because for a lot of people that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. you know and one thing that's really interesting we see this a lot in our sport is people who struggle with alcohol are often a bit kind of if you're going to do something you're going to do it 100 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and iron man often fills that gap quite well exactly. so you're really well done mate because i know that's probably a pretty big thing in your life so johnny's does he do australia or new zealand gotta do new zealand <laughs> no stupid question uh, for this show <laughs> um uh, i haven't done any of the iron distance races in australia so i can't comment on them too much at all if uh however what i would say if if i was coming to New Zealand as a bit of a destination um, and trying to tack it all into a holiday and get the full overseas experience, I would come and do Challenge Monica and then go and do Ironman New Zealand. It's a couple of weeks later. It's a 70.3 as well. Challenge Monica is a half. You'd get to do, have your nice holiday, do this half, feel good about that, and then a couple of weeks later do an iron distance race if you've got that amount of leave or budget to be able to do so. So that's what I'd suggest you do. Um, I mean, New Zealand is a, is a great event. I wouldn't necessarily call it one of the all-time classics um, in terms of the terrain. It's it's a really nice location, beautiful lake to it's swim of, It's a kind of old-school local event, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the bike ride is uh, yeah n- nice scenery, but not amazing good support but not rope support yeah um, and the run is nice you're running along the side of a lake so it's a good solid really good solid race numbers are a little bit less which is really pleasant because you know compared to a lot of the iron distance races in the states you guys have just got thousands of people ironman new zealand is typically going to be um you know in the region of 1500 now they've got a 70.3 it's slightly different um so that would be the feedback on racing in new zealand but if you wanted a destination Scenic race uh, challenge Monica would be the place to go. Um, from all accounts that I get from Port Macquarie, Ironman Australia, um, great race. Don't know as much about all the other ones. Yeah, do you know what? It's interesting. Kins, I was in Kins when that race was on. That's, mm-hmm. that, that was pretty cool, but it's a very flat course. Uh, 
I think it's got it's got some hills in it. Oh, is it? But Western Australia's got <laughs> okay, some. Well, Western Australia's pancake flat. But again, awesome destination, great place for 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 a holiday. So I really think you really want. To, what country do you want to go as a holiday? Yeah, totally. I you know, because I think you go there because let's be honest. They're all going to be pretty good. Mm. Challenge Wanaka is probably the stellar of the pick mm-hmm. just because it's a good challenge, stunning location. Um, it's just beautiful. You like when you're going to do a race for beauty, you're going to pick that one. And a nice demanding course as well. Yeah. And also, you get to spend some time in the South Island, which is a good spot. Um, but if you, you know, you can't, luckily for you, both choices are pretty good. And even for a destination for a holiday, Australia's a great place to holiday. Mm. And so is New Zealand. So you kind of, we haven't really helped. No. But if you want to support our economy. Yeah. You know. If you can get in now, <laughs> two-week quarantine, you can get a camper van for $29 a day. There you go. There you go. John, first thing John walks in, he goes, get a camper van for $29 a day. $29 a day. These things normally cost hundreds of dollars a day yep. so I thought for, for Michael Dirksen here um, he was saying how he's always stuck in uh, traffic jams in California I was thinking the jammer nice I'll go with it good good boy. Uh, next one next patron we've got is Aidan uh, Mulan um, a paragraph about him he's Irish and he's lived in Luxembourg the oh, last nice. few years uh, and is working as a project manager I have a wife and three kids all of them 95% wonderful <laughs> not 100% I've done we all three, have our moments yeah. I'm sure they say the same thing about you uh, I've done three Ironmans all slowly and some halves but haven't done a try in a few years seven and I was as I was pursuing other adventures I'm on the comeback trail with Ironman Austria in September fingers crossed and then either Frankfurt or Rote next year come nice. on Rote I'll see you there yeah. uh, I eat a lot of cheese sandwiches <laughs> quality sourdough bread mayo mature cheddar pickle and some black peppers wait a second awesome where does this come from <laughs> that's a really weird sentence so it's like oh you know family love them working career done some Iron Man and then just out of nowhere, a lot of cheese sandwiches. Come to New Zealand. We do great dairy down here. We do do great dairy. And when you go, although Europe does do great dairy as well. Europe, America? America, not so <laughs> good. No. Your dairy is shizer. It, it really is. Oh. Like every part of it. I know. The cheeses are processed and gross and the yogurt. Oh. Oh, come on, America. Maybe we up. just shop at the wrong places, I think, Bevan. Yeah, maybe we do. But I'll tell you what, dairy in New Zealand, oh. Anyway, Aidan uh, Mulan. Here's a question for you, John. How do you make um, how do you make halloumi? It's just no, well, I assume it's just another cheese process, the same as all the others. Yeah, I love a bit of halloumi. Fried oh, halloumi on salad. That's what we we have that quite a lot. Mm, oh, halloumi, squeaky cheese. Yeah. So uh, Aidan Mulan, I think <laughs> Mr. Moo. Okay, I like that because the cheese and works with the name. I don't, I don't get where that sentence came from. <laughs> Here we go. I'll read it again. I'm on the comeback trail. Uh, I'm in Austria in September and this year, maybe Frankfurt and wrote next year. <laughs> I eat a lot of cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so random. <laughs> so Mr. Moo works. Mr. Moo. Love your Aiden, work. Aiden, Mr. Moo Mulan. Oh, Aiden and Michael, you guys absolutely rock because you are new patrons to the show. If you want to become a patron of the show, please go to www.iamtalk.me. This is, it's all pretty obvious once you go on the page. Go to support us. Go through the process. You get a cool gift. You're going to draw to win a trip to Cone with the boys. But more importantly, just support a show that, you know, hopefully is a good part of your triathlon week. Uh, if you want to get the show emailed to you, go to the same page, www.iamtalk.me, the bottom of the front page, put your info in. I see in the show out each week for coaching coach John Newsom for my podcast Bevan James Isles uh, for other content such as age group of the week cool websites and age group of the week John's getting frustrated so send through some 
Oh, I am getting frustrated. Yeah. I thought right now I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> yes. quite chilled. I'm relaxed, but some content would be good from the listeners. Yeah, and there was other week other feedback. And I remember Hunger Games team. Who's gonna Who's gonna be your person in the Iron Triathlon Hunger Games? John Yagos. I tell you what, it was good to have the kids back at school last week. Oh, it was okay. a, bit, a bit of an uneventful week outside of that, but that was uh, that was nice. How's what's your life gone back to? Just it was just a stock standard week. Nothing too exciting last week. Just stock standard. Did a bit of uh, event planning for next summer. So Kiwis, I've got a revised course for my Oxman Half Ironman. If you're oh. looking for a race. December. Why is it 30th. revised? I've got a new bike course. It's going to be even better. It's got some hill climbing in it. It's going was to the last be one fantastic. a bit flat? Uh, it was more I had traffic management challenges. It was a really nice course, yep. but I had traffic management challenges. All avoid. these little bridges that were one-way bridges that we went over, uh, but we were going over them all the wrong way, so you didn't have right away. Uh, traffic management costs were not, not ridiculous. Ideal. Yeah, ridiculous. So, you know so really that, funny? Just going back to your kids, I was speaking to a couple of people at the gym and now their kids are kind of late teenagers or maybe even at university. Mm-hmm. And so, and we're, one thing we're saying is this last moment, because I was saying it was really nice because I, I was speaking to a lady called Jeanette and her kids are in Otago who's studying and they came home for seven weeks and just hung out at home. And she said it was really lovely because, you know, you don't get it. And what was really fascinating, I was, I was saying to her, this will probably be the last time in your life you spend that much time with your kids. Mm. Unless you go on big holidays somewhere, yeah. Yeah, you know, but even then, how often do you do a seven-week holiday with your whole family? Mm. Um, you know, in some ways, you know, tragic times are hard, but also there's some beauty that comes out of it as well, isn't there? I have a, and a lot of people <laughs> sympathise with this. I have an 11-year-old daughter who now thinks she's about 15. Oh, has it happened, is it? Pain in the ass. <laughs> it's only just bigger. <laughs> so, uh, has, she, has she got a phone yet? She has. Oh. She's TikToking like crazy. And have you taken the phone off yet? Has that happened yet? There's several conversations. <laughs> we was going to be some more clearly defined rules being established. If I'm Mike, I got to the point where I had to take the router to bed with me at night. Mm. You know, I had to take a phone, but she didn't end up finding the phone. So I take the router, put it under my bed. I've turned the Wi-Fi off a couple of times. Yeah, no, you, take the router. You hear I, them <laughs> screaming upstairs. It's quite entertaining. <laughs> So Bevan, uh, no, it wasn't a particularly eventful week. I did do another Zwift race at the weekend, different format. It was a time trial. Oh. Got taken down by Rob Dallymore, took me out. Oh, Dallymore. The, the silver lining there was that he got bumped up to A-plus category and I still stayed in A. So oh. bad luck, Rob. Be like next <laughs> bad time. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, it was very different doing a time trial race on Zwift compared to a road race. It was as you would expect with a time trial, you put in more of an even effort as opposed to going. So how does it work? Everybody's everyone's in the same race, but you do, you don't you'll, get all the advantages. Yeah, you all start off to, in this format. You'll start it off together, but you and then the drafting is disabled, so okay. you can't do it. And so then, that's cool, kind of cool, but because it's time trialing, we actually are seeing your competitors by yeah, you. Yeah, it would be like doing a triathlon, but you can't sort of sneak inside the draft zone. Like yeah, you, like a lot because the problem. Do. Cycling triathlon oh, time trials is you do see your competitors, mm. but they're quite far up, aren't they? Mm. So it was good times. Uh, outside of that, uh, what is the date today? It's the twenty sixth today. I know. Day, 20, 26th day of running every day. Oh, um, you kept it up. Carried it on. I carried on my fifteen press ups every day, despite some people saying I should be doing twenty five. <laughs> I mean, okay with my fifteen. That's all good. Are you, have you noticed a strength difference? Uh, not just in the last few. I'm yeah. sort of getting on top of it, but for the first fifteen days, I'm like. That's why you should have done twenty five. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I could have done twenty five. Uh, you should now for the last few days. Here's a little challenge: do CrossFit press ups. What a CrossFit press up! So they go right to the ground. You lift your hands off and then push mm. off the ground, but don't do it where you're humping. 
Because right. a lot of people do CrossFit press-ups, they kind of almost do a snake on the way up. Right. Keep your core really braced, and so push up so the plank stays straight as you push up. Okay. You know, give it, it, give it a, a challenge. challenge. It's quite enjoyed. The, I, th- I thought the running challenge would be harder than what it was. Uh, so, uh, I, admittedly, a lot of my running has been pretty easy and have done a few runs with the kids. Uh, so that's been all good, exploring a few new trails. Um, and that's about it, Bevan. Oh, my, I rode 100, my, my boy rode 105 k's of the Wow, weekend. it's the first century. Yeah, we did uh, We did a group ride and he banged out 105, which I was mightily impressed with. How does with. it go? He's going pretty good on the bike. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. So what, does he get into cycle? What's the plan? Um, yes, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Because what does he want to be? Does he want to be a triathlete? He wants or to be a triathlete. So he's running pretty much every day as well. Yeah. Uh, lots of swimming. Is he an alright swimmer? He's a good swimmer. He's a, he's an okay swimmer and an okay runner. He's probably better than okay on the bike. Yep. Um, kind of not the order you sort of want to be for a, if you want to be a, a good triathlete in terms of short course. But he's having fun. He's uh, he's not so requiring he's, he's any pushing yeah. whatsoever. Jeez, how old is Thomas? Twelve. How many About 12, to be thirty. How many twelve-year-olds are running a hundred k? It's pretty mm. impressive. I remember when I I started try when I was fourteen, and I was looking at the entry forms going. 20 k's yeah. what the hell yeah. and then you saw we only had a few races down here at the time and so you have this there's a couple of sprints and there was one olympic and i looked at the olympic thinking that is just madness <laughs> call the ambulance 40 <laughs> kilometers that ain't happening that ain't happening uh so no he's uh, he's doing well what's getting back to normal now what's you know because we are new, we're very lucky in new zealand we don't want to kind of rub it in anyone's face but we're in a very good place right now We've level two has been extended even more now, and it's looking like level one, which basically it seems life in New Zealand travel will be pretty hard outside of New Zealand, but everything in New Zealand should be kind of back to normal. For, for me, it means events are, are on, yeah. so which is which is great. It means we can have some duathlons coming up um, from the end of June, and uh, hopefully the timing will be such that come our summertime we should be able to have a fairly normal triathlon season fingers crossed yeah that'd be great to get back into it wouldn't yeah. it Bevan what about for you well uh, well, two things first of all I'm looking forward to some sport NRL starting this weekend oh yeah yeah some league yeah and before the lockdown the one great thing about did you watch any of the league before the lockdown no um, I didn't and I'm glad I didn't watch the Warriors so yeah yep, the Warriors, I did not. I, the Warriors uh, their season's screwed unfortunately for those who don't know the Warriors have to tra- they've gone to Australia to live because they can't be travelling back and forth so it, it wasn't looking like a good season anyway but they're a token team this year but that's okay but what was really awesome about it was you heard the noises of the game and oh my god when those guys take those hits like it's like a car crash some of the noises <laughs> you were hearing you hear them talking and stuff and that's a bit of fun as well but just the hits and you'd be you just hear this smash you think oh my god God, they're, yeah. they're just, you know, the crowd makes the game, but there was also kind of a beauty just to seeing the rawness of these guys because these guys are gladiators, man. Mm. You know, you just you think, you know, they're just beasts of men charging at each other into a wall of beasts of men. You know, like it's amazing when you think about it. So for American listeners um, who aren't sort of familiar with rugby league, it's not like your American football, but they are kind of running at each other, but they don't have any padding on. Oh, man. Yeah, like, it, it's fin- it's, a, it's a great sport. Just, oh, I just oh, couldn't even comprehend it. Jason Tamalomu, who's a, this guy, he's, Samo, no, he's a Tongan, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's just a 
bus of a man, isn't he? And when he runs, he can literally have like six guys holding on to him and he's still just going up the field. It's just awesome. So I'm really super looking forward to the league coming back on. And then Super Rugby, and Super Rugby is going to be hard this year because it's just all the Kiwis teams playing mm. each other. So that's going to be good. So it's good to get some sport back. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Joe and I went away for a weekend to Tikapo last weekend. Mm-hmm. That was lovely. Um, and so skiing will be back now, won't it? Should be. Yeah, so skiing will be good. Um, will you be doing your ski weekend? We'll see. Yeah, ski <laughs> yeah. weekend might be might be on. Um, so we uh, went to Tikapo, and that was quite nice just to get out of the city and go to... So Tikapo is about two, hour, two and a half hours from Christchurch. Nice little spot. And if you're coming down to do Challenge Monica... You can go Christchurch, Tikapo, Make sure you stay at Peppers. Yeah. Uh, and then... Is there a particular room they should request? Yeah, the, the one right by the school in the back corner. <laughs> um, uh, so that's kind of cool. But it was it was good to get away. You know what I mean? Because like, we haven't had a break. Have you had a break? Um, we had a break just as it was all kicking off. Oh, you did too. You went at yeah. um, Criteria, Gosh, didn't you? So like, we, we didn't have a break. And normally Joe and I take our three-week holiday now. Mm-hmm. And we ideally, we were doing a holiday leading into us going to Rote. Um, so it was only three days or four days, but there's just something about getting away. Mm-hmm. And one thing in Tikapo that I love about the unit is it has an open fire. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I like, like our house is warm, we've got a good heat pump system, but an open fire. It's pretty good. Oh, John. Mm. Get a bit romantic in front of the open fire. Nice. <laughs> bom, chicka, bom, bom. Uh, Other than that, John, it's pretty much my life. Back into it, back into the fitness. It's I'm going to go for a run from your place today. Where are you going to go? Harry I'm just going to go up Harry which a- is a little trail. 8K, nearby. back and forth. Is it? Yep. Good. Yep, perfect. 8K. If you push start on my door and you push start, pretty much 8K. Mm. It's got to be a walk out the door, though. What do you mean? Up this? Uh, Bevan, yep. Bevan's grading of his hill out the door is that- probably... John put a post 15 on... 15 to 20, probably closer to How 20%. long for? About 100 metres? Maybe not that far, but yeah, it's pretty steep. I put on John, John put a post on, on Facebook saying how he should do everything. I said he should do that. You'd get there quicker. You would. It wouldn't be a very fun descent. No. Mm. Anyway, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Trainer. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.